this. And I pray uh, that you bless him richly now and uh, that he will speak your words to us, the words we need to hear, um, that you will talk through him this morning. I pray that our ears will be open and our hearts will be, will be open to his message, to your message, and to your word. Please bless us and fill Don and us with your spirits this morning. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Well, good morning, everybody. <coughs> it's good to uh, be here this morning. May everything we do be to honour and glorify God uh, to the end that we may just love Him that much more and respond to the life He, he has for us. Now, we've got some acknowledgements up there. I, I'm not an original thinker. Uh, I spring my thoughts out of things that I read and these people have have richly blessed me over the years and I come down to the fact that many of you have and, and you might hear yourself quoted here this morning uh, there's just one person I need to add to that and that is uh, Rebecca Morrison uh, she's expecting a baby to, well it's due tomorrow actually and uh, she has prepared this um, uh, presentation uh, visually uh, for us and, and been a great help to me I'm also blessed with the brethren and sisters at East Ham who, who ever uh, encourage and, and help me uh, in my thinking. Now the theme, and we're back to the next uh, slide, is um, take care, um, sheep on road. And I, I got this, whenever I've travelled north here uh, and, and go up perhaps into Yorkshire, there are those lovely uh, dry stone walls a lovely spiritual picture that is of us all the different shapes and sizes but, um, and, and you're, you're driving along the road and all of a sudden there are sheep and, 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 and lambs and you think how stupid you know there's a lovely pasture there and they're jostling with the traffic and yet amazingly that's a picture of us spiritually isn't it we do just that as we uh, travel um, in, in the world we, we are incredibly stupid at times and, and our next slide if we may have it please um, is this is what happens um, sheep uh, they, they'll confront you but if one moves and runs the rest will follow now I wasn't at our uh, nativity play this year but we've got a, a, a young lad there called Jonah Green. He's got relations here, so uh, I have to be careful what I say. Um, <clears throat> but Jonah's uh, dressed as a, as a sheep. And true to style, um, in the middle of the play, he takes off around the chairs. And what happens? All the sheep follow him, don't they? Um, you know, it is, it is such a picture uh, of life. And, and sheep, Basically, a defenceless, the, the, the thing they can do is run. And, you know, they don't follow the leader on those occasions and they're led astray. We're living in a country today which is, has gone astray. You see, uh, the, the system is, is, is flawed. Um, it's morally bankrupt, basically. And it is certainly spiritually bankrupt. And I worked in banking. And, and I remember when they brought out the credit cards and I had four youngsters and they targeted the one 
without money. And I got up in a seminar and said, that is moral bankruptcy. You see where it's got us today? A country desperate in, in, in debt. Perhaps we can have the, the next slide. It's, um, this is a, a yokel uh, at the gates, and someone asked him uh, uh, the way to somewhere, and he said, well, he said, if, if I was going there, I wouldn't go from here. Now the point is, we're going from here, naturally and spiritually. Wherever our paths lead, if we're, we're spiritually, if we're kingdom bound, we're going from this very place today. If we're on another road, wherever that leads. But as we go on our natural uh, course, we come across signs, don't we? They're signs that either command us or they uh, direct us or they give us information and I, want to, I, I love to spiritualise things and I, I just want to look at some of these signs if we can have the next slide yes, yeah. trespasses will be prosecuted uh, y- you know, it's a no entry sign but we can still go up it and we do but God is a God of justice and there are consequences next one I'm glad you're laughing, that, that encourages me. Because, you see, if you see that sign, you'd be an idiot if there's a bull in that field to go into it. But you see, we've got scriptures which warn us about things. And, and, and we ignore them at times. We, we do just that. Mission free. But that was a, a, a real sign, although though, uh, Rebecca mocked that one up for me in that picture. Can we have the next one, please? Yeah, that, that's, that's an interesting sign. You know, where we are at East Ham, about 200 yards beyond our meeting, uh, there's a wall. That's the end of the road. And uh, do you know what's the other side of that wall? It's the East End Jewish Cemetery. It's the dead end. Okay? And Proverbs 12. We go down a, a road, a nose-through road, uh, there is a way that seems right to man. Do it your way. It leads to death. And that is an absolute uh, certainty. And uh, finally, we've got one more sign, I think. Yes, and that is the sign. Uh, I am the way, says Jesus, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. When you see a one-way sign, you think of that. And your mind is... Uh, be orientated on spiritual things. And what God does, God never forces any of us to do anything. You know this. But what he will do, he will confirm what we do. There's a little boy, and he's drawing, and his mum says to him, uh, what are you drawing, son? He says, I'm drawing a picture of God. She said, but we don't know what God looks like. And he rubbed his hands. He said, you will do when I finish this picture. (laughs) But the question is, how do we see God? How do we see him? It's very important. Because in crisis in life, and many of you here have, have had crisis at the moment, and some have and some have grown, but how we see God is so important. 
Because if we see him as a fearful uh, being, that won't help us. If we see him as some theological concept, that's not going to help us, believe it or not. But if we see him as a God who cares, a God who loves, a God who is our shepherd in the crisis, that will be very, very important to us and it will affect us because it is relationship with God that is important and not theology. Theology is the milk. Relationship with God is the meat. It affects our lives. <coughs> I'm excited. Um, and here we see God. This is a relationship where we see him as a shepherd. Or we want to see him as a shepherd. You see, in the Old Testament, we can see him as a creator and a sustainer. And in the New Testament, Jesus particularly brings us to God as, as our Father. But I think one of the probably the most important relationship in the Old Testament is that God was the shepherd of the flock. Um, Psalm 100 verse 3, we read this. I'm reading from the NIV this morning. We know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us. We are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. And God is projected to us through the Old Testament as the shepherd. But when we come to the New Testament, and we're going to look at that later this morning, we know that in John 10, that our lovely Lord says that he is the good shepherd. He lays down his life for the sheep, for his sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. They follow me. I know them. That's really amazing. The Lord knows us. We hear his voice. The question is, do we follow him? You know, we have a brand, our identity is in Jesus and our brand is obedience to his commands when you spend a bit of time in the Old Testament uh, for the moment the, the patriarchs were, were shepherds weren't they and uh, the beginning of the flock was, was Jacob and his sons and, and God makes a provision as a shepherd he sends off, off, off uh, Joseph down into Egypt and eventually uh, the, the, the flock of 70 uh, go into Goshen. No accident. If they'd have stayed in the promised land, there were predators there. The other nations would have just swallowed them up. But they go down into Goshen, a place which was uh, the Egyptians didn't like much because there were cattle there. And, and what God did, he grew them into a nation. A huge flock. And there, they're oppressed. And what does God do? He makes provision again. He raises up another shepherd. And this time, it's Moses through whom he will bring about their deliverance from bondage. And we know the story of the Passover, uh, the covering of the blood 
on the doorpost looking forward to uh, our Lord and they come to the Red Sea there's a story about the Red Sea some of you will have heard me tell this before the little Jewish boy, true story he was sent by his mother in New York to the the, the rabbi and when um, he came back she said well what have you learned he said oh he said I learned about the children of Israel crossing the Red Sea she said well tell me about it he said oh well he said Moses got his walkie talkie he said he, he called up the engineers they put a bridge across called up the air force they bombed the Egyptians you know that was it and she said to him the rabbi didn't tell you that he said no but if I told you what the rabbi told me you'd never believe it There's a little girl and she had a teacher who didn't really believe in God and he was telling the same story and he said gosh he said the Red Sea was only at a trickle and she said hallelujah and he was a bit miffed with her he said what's wrong with you now he said it's a miracle the Egyptians were drowned in that trickle of water <laughs> now you see as we sit here this morning we fall into one of those two categories. Either we believe that the shepherd is at work with Israel and with us, or we say, it's, it's, it's not of any importance. And, and so we fall into one of those two categories. And we are seeking today to know God as, as our shepherd, to put our trust in him. And so they go into the desert. Now, I think we're going to have a picture of a desert now. No signposts there, you know. No signposts in the desert. And it's, it's interesting, isn't it? God fed them. This is grace. Daily grace. Morning gathered manna. That's what it was. Do you know, we have that option. There's a lovely scripture in, 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 in Lamentations about how God's faithfulness is new every morning. And if we go to John's first gospel, we, we read how we can come to the Lord morning, the grace every day we can come to him. If we confess our sins, amazing. He is faithful and just and will forgive us and purify us from all unrighteousness. That's the grace of God. And that is very rich for us. The next slide. This is God, you see, this is, this is God guiding. How did he guide them? He guided them in the, 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 the cloud by day and the and, and, and the fire by night it was his direction it was his direction and we read these words in the 78th Psalm and at verse 52 he brought his people out like a flock he led them like sheep through the desert he guided them safely so they were unafraid 
don't want to be disrespectful to Moses, but I, I've often thought when I've watched the sheepdog trial that there's the shepherd, and this is God, and Moses, in a sense, is like the sheepdogs. And you know what happens. They've got to bring them through uh, certain places, and you know, there are always those who, who, who go off at a tangent. And this was so in the desert. There was Moses, this humble man, this lovely man, humbly endeavouring to carry out God's commands and bring these people through. And there were always those who were grumbling and, 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 and we've got Korah and Dathan and Abiram who, who do things and they're destroyed. And, and Moses is ever under the under the cosh in a sense. But Moses was God's ambassador. Let's have the next slide and see what was happening. See, God had the children of Israel in the desert to, to discipline them. He was humbling them. He was testing them. And it's so important that we, we understand this. God is looking at the heart. That's what he's after. The new covenant in the New Testament is hearts and minds. It's not in tablets of stone. And God was testing them that they might know that they were totally dependent upon him. I put that uh, slide up because in the 23rd Psalm, and I know that's going to be dealt with, um, I think, this evening, in the 23rd Psalm, the shepherd has a rod and a staff. And the rod, I'm told, you can actually throw it, but it was to, to drive off predators. That was one of the things, but it was also to discipline. And this seems, I've watched this, it's almost cruel, isn't it? I don't know if you've seen them, they pushed the, the, the sheep right down under the water, and I thought, how cruel it is. But of course it isn't. Because... In the wool of the sheep, there are parasites. And they have got no defence against them. They're embedded in, and they are pushed down. It's for the sheep's good. And this is what God is doing in the desert. He's testing these people. But in actual fact, really, they test God. They're brought to the threshold of the promised land. I think it was a couple of years. I may be wrong there. But it wasn't long anyhow. And what did they do? God had said to them, go in, go into the land. What did they do? If you read Deuteronomy 1 and 31, Moses said, you said to me, let us send spies into the land. Big mistake big mistake, they weren't trusting God and we know what happened, they come out and they say, well there are Goliaths in that land, there are giants there, we can't go in, ten of them say and two of them say, oh yes we can go in just rest upon God 38 years later who went into the land just the two of that generation, just the two the two who trusted in God, who saw him as their shepherd, who saw that there was nothing that others could do 
to prevent them. I'll tell you what, in that 10th chapter of, of John, Jesus said, if you're my sheep, no one can snatch you from my hand. I start off with a hundred sheep, I'm not going to lose one. I can leave the 99 to go for that other, that other sheep. I will not lose any if you will put your trust in me. I suppose to mix a metaphor, um, and I, I saw this, Phil Drabble, he's a countryman, hereabouts wrote this. He, he said, sheep are pig-headed. <laughs> I rather like that. They're stubborn, they're rebellious, and if you want the, the scriptural term, they're stiff-necked. That's what they are. That's, that, that's the, the term in the Old Testament. Israel were stiff-necked, and they rebelled against God. They put God uh, to the test. And eventually, we come to the point in their history where they've got a king. They want to be like other nations. So God says, okay, Samuel, they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting me, give them a king. And he, who does he choose? He chooses the man, this strapping man, who is uh, head and shoulders above the rest. And Initially, Saul, he, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't say boo to a goose, would he? But once he got the power, the Spirit of God comes on him, he's got power, what does he do? He ignores God, and he goes and offers sacrifice, which he shouldn't. And God is after obedience. So he says to Samuel, he says, go to Bethlehem to to Jesse and anoint uh, this man that I, I want you to anoint. It's interesting. Samuel calls Jesse and his sons to the sacrifice and he's going to choose Eliab, the first one, and God says, no. He says, I'm looking on the heart. Not as you look. I'm looking at the heart, Samuel. And seven sons pass by. They're all the sons. And God says, no, none of these. And he says to Jesse, he says, are these all your sons? He says, oh, no, it's the lad. He's, he's out in the, the fields looking after the sheep. He's a shepherd. You think of young David out there, his hormones are running pretty high probably. He's dreaming away. He's got, he's got no idea what is going to happen, but he loves God. He loves God. And, and he's brought in. And Samuel is told to anoint him. Because his heart was right with God. He wasn't squeaky clean, David, but his heart was right with God. Wonderful lessons out of this. We don't have to be squeaky clean, but there is forgiveness with God if we come to him in humility. We go along a little bit of time and they're at war with the Philistines and there's Goliath. Let's have the next slide. It's one of my favourites, this. And the upstart David visits his brothers. And Goliath comes out and David says, oh, you know, uh, I can fight him. And they say, what, you know, get back to your few sheep. And uh, anyhow, he's wheeled into Saul. And uh, the point of this picture is... Uh, Saul 
head and shoulders above the rest. He says, look, you better have my sort of tunic and uh, the armour. Well, of course, it's slapstick, isn't it? <laughs> you know, David's a young lad. Saul is a tall guy. It just doesn't work, does it? But you see, it wasn't in his strength that he went. He took his staff and I think the staff actually in the New Testament probably is akin to the spirit. It's that which helps to, to guide. He took the staff and he, he, he took his sling with which he was an expert. We, we can't dress other people. We cannot project onto them what we want. You, we're all individuals. We're all individuals. We all have different talents and we can exercise those talents as we can. And, and David, of course, goes not in the strength of man, but in the strength of God. You know, Jesus came to Pilate and, and, and he says, are you a king? He says, yes. He said, but not of this order. He said, else would my servants fight. It was in God's strength that David uh, went forth and overcame, not by sword or spear. The battle is the Lord and he saves. Let's just have the next. And this is the reason. The Lord is my shepherd, he said. The Lord is my shepherd. I can do it in the strength of the Lord. In God and his mighty power. We just go on a little bit longer, a little bit further in the history of Israel this time. We come to Ahab, a terrible guy, with Jezebel his wife. They were Baal worship. He, he, he builds a temple and puts an altar in there to Baal. And God, he sees. And he sends Elijah. Elijah. The Lord is my God, Elijah means. The Lord is my God. And Elijah comes. And actually, it's amusing, really, because Ahab was to refer to him as the troubler of Israel. It's ridiculous, isn't it? It's the boot is on the other foot. That's the situation. But Elijah comes and he gives the ultimate weather forecast. And he says, there's going to be drought. And he just goes. And I'll tell you what, Ahab looked for him everywhere. Who hid Elijah? God did, didn't he? God hid Elijah. He fed him by ravens. And then he took him, amazingly, right to the heart of Baal worship, Zarephath. And he kept him there. I'll tell you what, it's just... The most beautiful lesson here in, 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 in the New Testament. Uh, God, you know, in the Old Testament, he hides Jeremiah and Barak, uh, it, it, you know, um, in the times of the, the last uh, kings of Judah. But in Colossians, just listen to this. This is just a wow verse, a few verses. I've got wow written against this in my Bible. It's, it's Colossians 3 and at verse 1. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. 
Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. That's the purpose of our weekend. We're trying to bring to the forefront spiritual things. For you died. Your life is now hidden with Christ in God. No one can snatch us from their hands. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. If God does the hiding, you know, if God does the hiding, and we are being hidden by God, we are safe in Christ. No question at all. Just after two years, or in excess of two years, of course, Elijah returns and uh, he says there's going to be rain and, and we know there is a, uh, a confrontation with the 450 prophets of Baal which Elijah triumphs over and then what happens? Just amazing, isn't it? What happened? God was with him. And what does he do? He runs away. He runs away from Jezebel. You think, well, how does he do that? And he goes to Horeb. And the Lord speaks to him. And I think this is how the Lord speaks to us. He's not in earthquake, wind and fire. It's, a, it's, it's just in the conscience. We know when we've gone wrong. And, and we're not compelled. He waits. Our Lord waits in our consciousness until suddenly we, we will turn and be directed and, and God speaks to him in a, 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 a quiet voice and he says, what are you doing here, Elijah? Now that's the question this morning. What are we doing here? Where are you, Adam? Had a Jehovah's Witness tell me just recently that God didn't know where Adam was. Well, that cannot be so. When God says, where are you, Adam? He's questioning, what's your situation now, Adam? Where are you standing? This question comes to us today. Where are you in relationship to God? What are you doing here in relationship to God? That is the challenge. I have seven, I'm the only one left, said Elijah. I have 7,000. What a, what a joy that is. God sees. I've got 7,000 who haven't bowed the knee to bow. Not many, but 7,000. Can we have the next picture up, please? My friend Bob, he's blind. I'm going to tell you a story about Bob in a second. I want to tell you a story about Samuel Green now, Jonah's brother. We went for an ecclesial walk a couple of years ago and uh, we were in a country park and there was an event going on there that day. Um, they'd got various tableau. I remember two of them. One of them was Thomas the Tank Engine and one was Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. And, and if you paid your money at the tent, you, you were taken round and told a little story and you collected your trophy. Anyhow, we, we, we were aloof from that. We were doing our own walk. And uh, we were we were about a quarter of a mile from getting back and we came across Thomas the Tank Engine, big, big picture. And we just got there at the same time that the group got there. 
and uh, we, we, we stood and watched. We didn't get trophies. And uh, we moved on and we got to the end of the walk and Jill, Jill said, she said, I suppose we're all here. Where's Samuel? Samuel wasn't with us. So, together with Sue, I, I told this story at East Ham, I said, we walked back. She said, we didn't, Don, we ran. <laughs> and we got to Thomas the Tank Engine, nobody there. So we went on to the next tableau, which was Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, and there at the front was Samuel, absolutely entranced. And he's clutching a trophy too that he'd been handed. <laughs> and Sue was so lovely, she walked up to him so quietly and drew him away. And it, it was, I was privileged to be there, it was just lovely. She was so gentle and he was so sorry. Mummy, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to. What a picture of our lives, spiritually. We're going along the road, and we don't mean to. And we've gone off on a track. Spiritually, this is exactly what we do. And we know that the, the, the Lord is waiting there for us to, to return. And we return to the group... Samuel clutching his trophy, of course, <laughs> which is very good. But I've put that picture up there. We, Bob and I, two months ago, we went for, uh, a few months ago, we went for a walk, uh, which we'd never been, we'd never done before. We went to a, a brother and sister's house in Essex, Roger and Carol Lees, and they said, oh, we've got a walk from here. And they printed it off and gave it to us. We said, we'll do this. And I knew one place on that walk just one place, Buttsbury Church. And um, we, we walked and, and actually Bob was very impressed with me because I used a compass which I, I'd had for um, about 11 and a half years. I'd never used it, but it said walk in a southwesterly direction and I, I actually managed to do it. And he said, I'm very impressed on that. That compass is going to figure later uh, or tomorrow anyhow. For those of you that are not going to be here tomorrow, I actually found a compass when I was lost, that compass, but that's by the by. Um, uh, but, but anyhow, we got to Butchbury Church, following the map. And he said, oh, I've got a banana and a drink, and we, we, we had that. And we set off down the road, and uh, we got about a quarter of a mile downhill, and I thought, I'd better look at the map. What had happened? Guess what had happened? We'd gone the wrong way. We always went down the road. But this walk, we shouldn't have gone down the road. And I thought, what a picture that is of our lives, spiritually. It's exactly what we do. We, 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 we were comfortable there, you see. We were comfortable. And comfort is... It's something we struggle with. It's our challenge. And it's when we come... You know when a sheep gets lost, often it's cast. What it does, it rolls over onto its back. It finds a nice spot and it rolls onto its back. And once its feet are in there, a sheep cannot right itself. Jill's got a friend in Devon who had a farm and she had a ewe who was always doing this. She tied a plank of wood to its back. And we saw it. Took away its comfort. 
When we're comfortable, we're in danger. Because we forget, we take our foot, as it were, off the accelerator. Come to the next slide, and we're finishing with two slides. This is the 34th of Ezekiel. The 33rd of Ezekiel, Jerusalem has fallen. Ezekiel can speak at last, because he couldn't speak unless he said the word of the Lord. And in the, 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 the 33rd of Ezekiel, Jerusalem has fallen. Ezekiel can speak, but in the 34th, God castigates the shepherds of Israel. He really goes for them. He pillories the leaders. They're accountable for the scattering. They're false prophets of spin, that's what he's saying. And he comes to this point, he, he, he says, I will place over them one shepherd, my servant David, he will tend them and I will be their shepherd, I the Lord will be their God and my servant David will be prince among them. You look at all the I wills. I will! There are about nearly 40 I wills in that chapter. Next slide please. Because it goes on. But I want to finish up with just the last bit. Then they will know that I, the Lord their God, am with them. And that they, the house of Israel, are my people. You, my sheep. The sheep of my pasture are people. And I am your God, declares the Sovereign Lord. Thank you. We're going to look at our Lord uh, after our discussion groups. Thank you.